And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's a dramatization of the famous Edgar Allan Poe classic, The Cask of Amontillado on the Hall of Fantasy, starring Richard Thorne from 1953. Then Eve Arden stars as Connie Brooks in part one of a Halloween episode of Our Miss Brooks from 1949. With me to help present these Radio Classics is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. What's up? Hey. Are you enjoying hey. the Halloween programming? I love the Halloween programming. I know you do. It's well, a special month here. You know what? I have a scary one for you right here. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to present it. You're the scary it. one. I'm scary presenting it, and it's a scary That's radio perfect. show. This is the Hall of Fantasy. It was created by Richard Thorne in 1946. It was a mystery horror series with stories written by Robert Olson. It was directed by Thorne, and the stories involved struggles against the supernatural, where man was usually the loser, usually a shock ending. The casts included Carl Grayson, Jim Amici, and Harry Elders, along with Richard Thorne. It was sponsored for much of its run by the Granite Furniture Company. That's where you get all your uh, furniture, right, Lisa? It, granite, the granite, granite Furniture Company, right? It's where you get all your stuff. Time now for the Hall of Fantasy from January 19, 1953. This is the cast of Amontillado starring Richard Thorne. Let's go back to this right now. of Edgar Allan Poe's tale of The Cask of Amontillado. 
As my story begins, it was carnival time in Venice, a time of feasting and merrymaking. Fortunato and I had been celebrating with all the rest. Perhaps we'd indulge our taste for wine too greatly that day. But that was when it began. The day was almost spent, and we were standing in front of my house watching the crowd. Ah, yes, my friend. The carnival has been a great success. Through Fortunato. Did you know that it was one of my ancestors who made the plans for the carnival over four generations ago? What? Oh, come now, Montresor. You're not serious. <laughs> it's no joke, Fortunato. It's in the records of the family for any who wish to see. Ah, I cannot believe you. He was one of the foremost swordsmen of his age. In fact, all the male members of the family were renowned for their ability with a foil. <laughs> even you, Montresor? <laughs> yes, my friend, even Montresor. With those spindly legs, you a swordsman? <laughs> Take care, Fortunato. What? You dare threaten me. How do you like it, Montresor? How do you like the point of my rapier at your throat? Fortunato. Please, and you fancy yourself a great swordsman. <laughs> it's so funny, Montresor, to look at you all white in the face, so frightened, so brave. <laughs> I do not know about your ancestors, Montresor, but you certainly have made this carnival the funniest in a long time. <laughs> a great swordsman. <laughs> I bid you a brave farewell, Montresor. <laughs> and disappeared to the crowd. Though he was gone, the echoes of his fat, laughing <laughs> face remained in my brain. The great swordsman. <laughs> I went into the house and thought to see no more of him that night. Little by little, the remaining hours of the carnival wasted away until finally I heard the great bell striking midnight, marking the end of the celebration. I sat in the library reading, but the printed words refused to be silent and rearranged themselves into a likeness of Fortunato's face. <laughs> so brave, Montresor. So brave. My mind was playing tricks on me. That I knew. But of a sudden, the shadow fell across the pages. Hey, Montresor. Fortunato. How did you get in? <laughs> Don't be alarmed, my good Montresor. One of your servants was so kind as to allow me entrance. What do you want? Oh, come now, Montresor. You wouldn't refuse a good friend the hospitality of your house, would you? I forgot. It's past midnight. The wine shops are closed. <laughs> yes, quite true, Montresor. So I came to you. May I offer you some wine? Well, I hope you would. Yes, I imagine you did. Here, Fortunato. Yeah, many thanks, Montresor. <laughs> There's nothing like fine wine. That's why I like you so much, Montresor. Why? Well, no matter what you are, your wine cellar is filled with the finest of wines. Thank you for your compliment, Fortunato. <laughs> but uh, there's one wine you do not have. That is? Amontillado. Someday I hope that you will procure some Amontillado. Amontillado is the rarest wine in all of Italy, Fortunato. Well, but for your friend, Fortunato, you might perhaps get some. We shall see, my friend... Now you were about to leave. <laughs> yes, Montresor, I shall leave. Uh, but before I do, pour me another glass of wine. <laughs> I drink to the great uh, swordsman in your family. <laughs> you didn't lie to me about your family, Montresor. I know them for what they are. And that was? Fools and cowards, Montresor, all of them. What you say of my ancestors should be well-tempered with thought, Fortunato. Oh, it was, Montresor, it was. Fortunato, if you... No matter. You're drunk. You're not responsible for what you say. Drunk? <laughs> I never drink enough to muddle my brain, Montresor. I mean what I say. Just the same. I'll excuse you this time. Why, excuse me? 
What I have said is the truth. I think perhaps you'd better leave. <laughs> yes, my friend, I shall leave. Uh, but before I do, however, may I ask if you're going to the party tomorrow night? Yes, I am. Why? Mm, merely asking. Of course, Rosita will be there. Yes, I know. <laughs> Lovely girl, Rosita. Yes, I know. <sighs> I shall be going. Do. I shall accompany you to the door. Uh, no need, my friend. I'm steady enough to make it myself. <laughs> See you tomorrow night, Montrezer. Yes, tomorrow night. Oh, and uh, what I said about your ancestors still holds true, Montrezer. <laughs> oh, and Montrezer, don't forget the Amontillado. I decided to let the insult pass this time. But if it occurred again, I would settle the score with Fortunato. The next night, I was with Rosita at the ball. It's a lovely party, Montrezer. Yes, Rosita, and with you here, it's all the lovelier. You flatter me. It is deserved. Rosita. Yes? I've been observing you closely of late, Rosita. Indeed? Yes. And do you find me pleasing? Well, you know I do. I was hoping... Oh, well, here you are, Montrezer. Out in the balcony. I thought... You thought you'd lost me, huh? <laughs> well, listen, it'll take much more than you to outwit me, Montrezer. <laughs> I wondered where you were, Fortunato. Oh, indeed, Rosita? <laughs> well, of course, I do not doubt it. Montrezer is such a terrible boor. I do not make excuses, my friend. The whole family were boors, and therefore you cannot help it. <laughs> Can you, Rosita? <laughs> Forgive me for bothering you, Rosita. I have come looking for you in the hope that I may have the next dance, Rosita. But I promised it. Don't let me worry you, Rosita. Dance, dance with Fortunato. Are you sure you don't mind? Only too sure. Montrezer doesn't mind. How could such a dolt as he mind anything? Shall we go, my dear? Goodbye, Montrezer. (laughs) Enjoy yourself. I think he would go so far as to insult me before Rosita. To deliberately interfere between Rosita and myself, too. I knew then that Fortunato would pay for his insults, for I hated him more than anyone else on earth. It was then I swore that Fortunato would die. I determined then to even the score, to revenge the desecration of my name, of my family honor. And immediately into my brain flooded a host of ideas to destroy him. What were his weak points? How could I catch him at a disadvantage? If only I could lure him down into the catacombs beneath my house. Few people knew of the vast subterranean caverns that lay beneath the house. But how to get them there? Let me see. Something he said might give me a clue. Something he said. (laughs) Fools and cowards, Montrezer. Fools and cowards. Oh, no, not that. Something else. And what I said about your ancestors still holds true, Montrezer. And Montrezer, don't forget the Amontillado. The Amontillado. The Amontillado. Don't forget the Amontillado. Don't forget the Amontillado. Yes, that was it. The Amontillado. The cask of Amontillado. Wine drinker, was he? A connoisseur of fine wines, eh? That was it. That was the way to accomplish my revenge. Amontillado, the rarest wine in all of Italy. Fortunato would die for a glass of Amontillado. Yes. Fortunato would die for a glass of Amontillado. Amontillado. 
Accordingly, a few days later, I sent him a message saying, I would like to meet him at his favorite place of entertainment with wine merchants in, of course. I waited anxiously for his answer. Yes? A message for you, Senor Montresor. From whom? Senor Fortunato bade me give it to you. Well, thank you. Good. Well, thank you for your tidings, lad. Here's something for your trouble. Oh. Thank you, Senor Montresor. Fortunato had agreed to meet me on the morrow. My nerves were tense and the time moved so slowly. I sat by the hourglass the entire night and part of the next day watching the grains of sand mark off the time. Finally, when I knew I could bear to wait no longer, the time arrived. Ah, Senor Montresor. Oh, good day, Ferroni. I was just leaving. Senor Fortunato was over by the window. Confidentially, Montresor, I'm glad you're here. But he's had too much to drink. He is a destructive man. Well, I shall take care of him, Ferroni. Thank you, Senor Montresor. Uh, while I'm gone, and if you want something, just call my wife. Uh, she's in the rear. Thank you, Ferroni. Good day, Senor Montresor. So you come in, Montresor. Come and join me. I'm quite glad you could meet me today, Fortunato. I hope I didn't inconvenience you by asking you to meet me here. <laughs> Absolutely not, Montresor. If you had, I wouldn't be here. What are you drinking? Sherry. Will you have a glass? Yes, you can pour me a glass of sherry. Well, I assure you, my friend, it's the very best. Uh, there you are. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Montresor. I have a cold. You should take better care of yourself, Fortunato. Yeah, it will pass. Well, then, tell me, what did you wish to see me about? Perhaps I'd better not mention it. Oh, come, come, Montresor. Don't tell me you wanted to see me for nothing. Well, I wanted your advice on something. Oh, what? You see, I have procured a cask of what is supposed to be a Montagliano. A Montagliano? Where? When? From whom? That I cannot tell you. But you see, I have my doubts about it. A cask of a Montagliano? A whole cask? It sounds impossible. I agree with you, my friend. It does sound impossible. Perhaps I was foolish to pay the full Montagliano price without consulting you in the matter. But you were not to be found, and I was fearful of losing a bargain. Oh, I can't get over it. Montagliano. I have my doubts for you. Montagliano. And I was satisfied. Montagliano. I had contented to tell Lucchese. If anyone should know, it should be he. He will tell you. Oh, Lucchese is a fool. But he cannot tell a Montagliano from from, uh, common sherry. And yet some people say his taste is a match for your own. They lie. Well, that is a matter of opinion. Well, they lie, I tell you. (laughs) Lucchese is an imposter. I think I'd better be going. I'm going with you. My friend, no. I will not impose upon your good nature. I... You will not go to Lucchese. Montresor, are you insulting me? Well, no, Fortunato. I merely thought... I care not for what you think. <laughs> I will go with you. It is really your colds that I worry about, Fortunato. It is damp in the cellar. It's very damp and very cold. Ah, it matters not to me. This cold is a mere nothing. But Amontillado, I must know if you've been swindled. Oh, and uh, Montresa. Yes? Forget about Lucchese. He knows nothing about fine wines. As you say, my friend. Shall we go? When we reached the house, there were no attendants present. I'd made sure that we'd be entirely alone. Before we go downstairs, my friend... Let us fortify ourselves against the cold and dampness with some wine. The catacombs will undoubtedly make your cold much worse. Yeah, a capital idea, Montresor. A little sherry, if you please. 
Yeah, no, not too much. Uh, <laughs> but not too little, either. I have no fears, Fortunato, my friend. It'll be just right. Yes, yes. Let me have it. <laughs> ah, makes me feel better. Much better. Have another glass, Fortunato. Yeah, no, 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 no. Please, I... please. Well, on second thought, Montrezor, uh, <laughs> yes, I will have another glass. <laughs> I thought so. Here you are, Fortunato. Yeah, many thanks, Montrezor. Drink heartily. Who knows, you may not be alive tomorrow to enjoy it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Montrezor, how right you are. <laughs> what a sense of humor you have. <laughs> but I intend to be alive tomorrow. <laughs> but then, who can tell, huh? <laughs> Yes, who can tell? We finished the wine and sat talking for a few minutes. Then, seeing his eagerness was at its height, I led him to the archway that led down into the vaults. We passed down a long and winding stairway. At length, we came to the foot of the descent and stood together on the damp ground of the catacombs of the Montresors. Here we are, Fortunato, in the catacombs of the Montresor. Yes, but the cask of the Montellano, where is it? It is farther on, Fortunato. Uh, see, the walls of this place are so dirty. I hate to be caught down here. <laughs> How long have you had that cough? Uh, oh, it's nothing. Let us proceed. No, we'll go back. Your health is precious. You'll be ill and I'll be responsible. We might even become lost. Besides, there's always Lucas. Enough! The cough is nothing. I shall not die of a cough. True. True, Fortunato. You will not die of a cough. I had no intention of alarming you unnecessarily, Fortunato, but you should use the proper caution. Now, there's a bottle of wine on the rack here. Uh, just have some. It'll make you forget the dismalness of this place. <laughs> yes, by all means. <laughs> it is so damp and cold down here. <laughs> Sorry, I have no glass to offer you. No, don't stand on ceremony, Montracer. <laughs> here, let me have the bottle. Here. Uh, this is the family crypt, is it not? Yes, this is the crypt of the Montresors, an ancient and honorable family. Yeah, well then, I drink to the buried that repose around us. And I? I drink to your long life. <laughs> yes, that's a good toast. In my long life. Uh, you know, Montresor, these vaults are extensive. What would happen if we were to be lost down here? I will not be lost, Fortunato. Still, uh, perhaps we should go back. And leave the Amontillado? Well, we could return another time. If you're afraid, I can always get Lucchese. No, 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 no. Let us proceed to the Amontillado. After all, we shall only be here for a little while. If you insist, Fortunato. If you insist. <laughs> Coughing grew worse, but I said nothing. I could see that he was not quite so enthusiastic about finding the Amontillado. We passed through a range of low arches, descended, passed on, and descending again, arrived at a deep crypt. Hey, Montresor, where is the Amontillado? The Amontillado? Oh, yes, in the crypt, Fortunato. I, I can't... Uh, where? In that low crypt ahead of you. Why, yes, just tall enough for a man of my size. Yes, isn't it? But, uh... I do not see the cask of Amontillado. Oh, but you will, Fortunato. You will. You wouldn't want to turn back now, would you? A man of your courage. I will not have his head that Fortunato is a coward. Now then, just where is the Amontillado, Montresor? Lift your torch a little higher, Fortunato. You'll see it. Uh, where? Just inside this niche, Fortunato. Just inside. Uh, why did you... Why did I hide it here? 
You forget Amontillado is the rarest wine in all of Italy, Fortunato. <laughs> yes, you're wise, Montresor. Now, Fortunato, herein lies the Amontillado. As for Ducati... He's a fool. Yes, Amontillado. A whole cask of Amontillado. Yes, go in. Get the Amontillado, Fortunato. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The Amontillado. <laughs> this rock is in the way. Put your hands up high and push, Fortunato. Yes. No, higher. That's it. That's just my life. Hey, Montreza, what are you doing? Just hanging you, Fortunato. But Montreza is the Amontillado. Now, Fortunato, dance. Dance with Rosita. And that's the first half of the Hall of Fantasy. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. It's very important to me to offer you the best sound quality. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, Shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and start collecting all your favorites in brilliant sound quality. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now back to the Hall of Fantasy. You should have seen the look of terror on his round face. He could barely move. The crypt was just the right size for him. Just the right size for him to die in. Then I began to work. I began walling up the entrance to the niche in which Fortunato was chained. Montfaser, what are you doing? Even a dolt can understand what I'm doing, Fortunato. Even a dolt such as Montfaser. Please, Montfaser, don't wall me up in here. I, I, I didn't mean the things I said. Fortunato, you ask for pity. I have no pity for you. For the love of heaven, Montreal! His 
head was twisted over his shoulder, watching me as I piled brick upon brick. With each stone I put into position, his eyes took on a look of increasing terror and torture. He made little sounds in his throat. I continued my work. I had finished laying the seventh tier of rocks before I paused to rest. The wall was almost upon a level with my chest. Help me, someone! Help me! Montreux is mad. Montreux is trying to kill me. Help me, anyone at all. You may shout all you wish. No one can hear you. But someone will know that you took me. They'll find me even if I'm dead. And you'll be punished. Few people know of these catacombs, Fortunato. And those who do are my friends. <laughs> yes. This is a very good joke indeed, Montreux. Who would have thought that you had such a sense of humor? But... Uh, don't you think your little joke has gone uh, far enough? <laughs> we will have many a laugh over it as we drink our wine, eh? <laughs> I will have many a laugh over it, Fortunato. I don't think you'll be able to laugh. <sighs> Montresor. Montresor, you can't be in earnest. So much in earnest that you'll die for it, Fortunato. Please, Montresor, please, please. began to scream. But then, after a while, he was silent. His eyes watched every move I made. With a great deal of effort, I raised the last stone and shoved it into position. Waited for a few minutes and then called to him. Fortunato? Fortunato! Dear me, where is Fortunato? about me. So dark down here. So depressive. So cold and damp. I must remember to stay away from here. I might catch Fortunato's cold. So runs the tale of the cask of Amontillado. Week's story was based on the tale by Edgar Allan Poe. Featured in the program were Richard Thorne as Montracer, Carl Grayson as Fortunato, Janice Jeffries as Rosita, and Paul Condillis as Ferroni. Original music moods were created and performed by Harold Turner, sound by Wayne Dickinson and Lloyd Knight. Your announcer is George Bauer. These programs are directed by Leroy Alliger. Written and produced by Richard Thorne.
And that's the Hall of Fantasy from January 19, 1953, with the cask of Amontillado starring Richard Thorne from the Edgar Allan Poe story as heard on Mutual. Hope you enjoyed that. All right, before we get into our Miss Brooks, I want to remind you that we have a website at Hollywood360radio.com. And at that website, we have our podcast. You don't want to miss our podcast because we have all four hours of Hollywood 360 there. It's always one week behind, but you can hear the whole four-hour show right there at Hollywood360radio.com. We also have a store. We have all kinds of pictures of Lisa. What else is there, Lisa? We have our schedule. Yeah, so that's right. So if you're wondering what we're going to be playing, that would be the perfect place to check it out. Yeah, Hollywood360radio.com. We have a Facebook page, too. We haven't talked about Facebook in a while. We sure do. I post the schedule on our Facebook page oh, around Tuesday, maybe Wednesday of the week before the before this actually airs. Right. So, so you can check that. There's yeah. photos. There's um, just update schedules. It's a good place to keep in touch, communicate with us. That's the best way. Yeah, go to Hollywood360radio.com and also go to our Facebook page by logging on to Facebook and then searching Hollywood360radio.com. All right, it's time for our Miss Brooks. This is a good Halloween show from October 30th, 1949. Eve Arden stars and... They're planning a Halloween party. Let's tune this in. Part one of Our Miss Brooks. Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair bring you Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks written by Al Lewis. Well, many of us find it extremely difficult to get up early every morning, but our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, has been doing it for years. Yes, and I've learned one thing about early rising that's helped me immeasurably. Once I jump out of bed, close the window, and do my setting-up exercises, there's only one more thing I want to do, and that's to get right back in bed again. <laughs> Last Friday morning, though, I was up and almost dressed by the time my landlady knocked on the door. Time to get up, Connie. I am up, Mrs. Davis. Come on in. I'm trying to get to school early so I can chat with Mr. Boynton for a few minutes before our first class. Is Mr. Boynton still as unapproachable as ever, Connie? I guess so, Mrs. Davis. But you know something? During this past week, I've gotten closer to him than ever before. Really, dear? How did you do that? I've been wearing my sneakers to school. (laughs) I hope I've got time for breakfast before Walter Denton comes to pick me up. There's something he wants to talk to me about before school starts. Well, he can talk to you at breakfast, Connie. My goodness, you've got to keep your strength up some way. We both know you don't get enough sleep. Well, I didn't last night. Minerva slept in here with me, and she was very restless. I don't know what's the matter with that cat lately. Between you and me, Connie, I think she's got something. Between you and me, I think she's got several. Maybe it's a mistake to let her get so friendly with the collie next door. They play together all the time, you know. Oh, so that's the source. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Minerva had me up half the night with her pounding. That's just her tail beating on the floor while she's hunting. Well, I don't mind her tail thumping so much, but every time she catches something with one paw, she applauds with the other three. (laughs) Suppose we join Minerva in the breakfast nook. I've just given her some milk. Fine, I'll have a saucer full, too. Sit right down, dear. I'll boil you a couple of eggs. Just one egg will be plenty, Mrs. Davis. Well, I... Oh, (coughs) Walter... 
That must be Walter Denton now. Just six eggs will be plenty, Mrs. Davis. <laughs> the door isn't locked. Come in, Walter. Ah, hiya, Miss Brooks, Mrs. Davis. Hello, Walter. How do you want your eggs, Walter? Quickly, please. <laughs> you have any breakfast yet? Oh, sure, but it's 7.30 almost, and we eat an awful early breakfast at my place. How early? Quarter to seven. <laughs> I don't know how you're still standing up. <laughs> I'll whip up an omelet for all of us. Miss Brooks, I'd like to ask you about something. What's that, Walter? Well, as you know, Halloween is usually celebrated tomorrow night, Saturday. But Harriet Conklin's going up to her folks' bungalow at Crystal Lake for the weekend, so we wondered if it would be all right with you if we celebrated the holiday tonight. Well, why come to me? Shouldn't you contact the Goblins Union? <laughs> we wanted to sort of have a little party. You know, Harriet, my pal Stretch Snodgrass, and I, and... Uh, we were planning on inviting you, too. Oh? Where were you planning on holding this party, Walter? At your place. <laughs> How nice of you to invite me along. But I'm afraid we couldn't have any Halloween parties here, Walter. After all, I don't own this cottage. I just rent a room for Mrs. Davis. Oh, we've already got her permission. She's going to the movies tonight. Harriet asked her on the phone yesterday. It's just up to you, Miss Brooks. Well, I'm afraid I'm not interested in Halloween parties, Walter. I've got quite a bit of work to catch up on, and tonight looks like an ideal time to do it. Sorry, but you'll have to hold your party someplace else. Gee, Miss Brooks, Harriet and Stretch will be awfully disappointed. So will Mr. Boynton. Mr. Boynton? Yeah. I was talking to him yesterday, and he was saying what swell fun he always thought Halloween was when he was a kid. And then we invited him to the party, too, and he accepted now there's no place to have the party. What's wrong with having the party right here? <laughs> Hello, principal's office. Osgood Conklin himself speaking. <laughs> Hello, Osgood. It's me, Martha. We've been married 18 years, woman. I know your name. <laughs> Do you realize that you left home this morning without even saying goodbye? Well, that's easily remedied. Goodbye. <laughs> Wait, Osgood. I just called to remind you about your doctor's appointment this morning. He said he wanted to see you before we go to Crystal Lake tomorrow. I am well aware of that fact. I've had plenty of time to think about it during the sleepless hours I spent listening to your dog thumping his tail at the foot of our bed all night. <laughs> but Prince was so lonesome, dear. After all, we've got each other. He's all alone. Well, he wasn't alone last night. <laughs> I never heard such scratching in all my born days. What's he got, anyway? Well, he can't possibly have anything, dear. You know he doesn't play with other dogs. In fact, he would have died of loneliness last week if I hadn't taken him over to Mrs. Davis's to play with her cat, Minerva. <laughs> well, you've got to keep him away from me. My blood pressure is higher than it's been in years. To make my morning complete, when I bent down to tie my shoelaces, my glasses fell off. Did they break? Not until I straightened up and stepped on them. <laughs> well, darling, in a couple of days in Crystal Lake, that will make a new man of you. Now go down to the doctor's and get a nice sedative to take with you. Very well, Martha. It's a good thing I have an extra pair of glasses with me or I couldn't find my way to the door. Now, whatever you do, Osgood, don't break those. Thank you, my dear. I think that's sterling advice. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, it's later than I thought. I'd better hurry. 
you see, Walter, if we all meet in the cafeteria at lunchtime, we can make the plans for... Oh! Good. <laughs> Miss Brooks, I presume. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Conklin. I didn't see you coming. Oh, dear, I seem to have broken your glasses. Do you have another pair? No, Miss Brooks, I haven't. <laughs> but perhaps I could get you a long stick and let you smash the windows in my office! You seem to be in quite a hurry, Mr. Conklin. Could I maybe take you somewhere? Who is speaking? Hey, it's me, Walter Denton. Your daughter Harriet's dream boat. My daughter Harriet's dream... I'll talk to you later, Miss Brooks. Denton, pick up that shattered glass. Yes, sir. Well, what should I do with it, Mr. Conklin? Eat it, you lame brain dunce! Gosh, Mr. Conklin's sure in a bad mood today. He looks pretty purple, doesn't he? Even for him. He certainly is excitable. Hi, Walter. Oh, hello, Miss Brooks. Hi. Hello, Harriet. Did you run into Daddy yet this morning? It's in the hands of the insurance company now. <laughs> His temper's pretty miserable today. Yes, I know. Poor Daddy's been depressed all week long. I don't know what it is. We all try to please him. What he needs is some recreation and diversion. Say, I have an idea. What is it, Miss Brooks? Well, instead of my place tonight, why don't we have our Halloween party at your house, Harriet? That way we could surprise your father and cheer him up a little bit. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Miss Brooks, you've done it again. Anxious as I was to get back into Mr. Conklin's good graces, I determined to make the Halloween party Friday night a roaring success. I had asked the kids to meet me in the school cafeteria at lunchtime, and the first one to show up was Madison's star athlete, Stretch Snodgrass. Although a whiz on the football field, Stretch's outstanding scholastic achievement occurred during a test last week when he spelled his name correctly. <laughs> I was having a cup of coffee when he approached my table. Here I am, Miss Brooks. Mind if I sit down? Not at all, Stretch, but wouldn't you like to bring some food over before we discuss the party? Oh, no, ma'am. I already ate. Please, Stretch. <laughs> I've already eaten. Oh, good. Then we can get right down to business. <laughs> Walter said he thought we all ought to masquerade as something tonight. That's a fine idea, Stretch. You could come as a student. <laughs> I got my outfit all set, Miss Brooks. I got some chaps home and spurs and, and two six-shooters that shoot real blanks. I'm coming as Hopalong Cassidy. That is, if nobody minds. Why should anybody mind, unless Roy Rogers shows up? <laughs> what are you going to masquerade as, Miss Brooks? Oh, I haven't made up my mind yet, Stretch. Of course, every good Halloween party should have a witch. Yes, I might come as a witch. Perfect. <laughs> Don't sound so enthusiastic. Pretty short notice to get a costume made, and I may not... Why go to all that trouble? Why don't you just wear what you got on? <laughs> Big as he is, I'll have to slug him Now look, Stretch I... Hiya, Miss Brooks, Stretch Well, things are sure shaping up Look at these swell noisemakers I bought this morning When did you find time to get all this junk, Walter? I sneaked out of one of my morning classes Walter, you didn't Well, it was important, Miss Brooks Besides, there's no harm done Nobody even noticed I was gone That's what I like, a nice observant teacher Oh, it wasn't the teacher's fault you were facing the blackboard at the time. <laughs> hey, look at this horn. It's got a siren in the mouthpiece. Listen. Please, 
Jeez, Walter, you're in the cafeteria. So what? One more blast like that, and the beef stew will pull over to the right. <laughs> now, tell me, how are you going to the masquerade? I got a terrific idea, Miss Brooks. I'm just going to put on an old sheet. Do you think Mr. Conklin will get a kick out of me as a ghost? If he thought it was on the level, it would add ten years to his life. <laughs> well, what are you coming as, Miss Brooks? Oh, I haven't quite decided yet. Any suggestions? Oh, just one. I don't want you to think I'm being fresh or anything, but, well, this is going to be a Halloween party, and, well, I'd be glad to furnish you with a broom. <laughs> I guess I'm a natural for it. Uh, look who's coming over. Oh, it's Mr. Boynton. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Hello, Walter. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Hello, Stretch. Hello, Miss Brooks. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Goodbye, Walter. Goodbye, Stretch. <laughs> ain't going nowhere. Stretch. Don't you know the old expression, two's company, three's a crowd? Sure I do. But there's four of us. Come on, Stretch. We gotta help Harriet figure out a costume for tonight. Uh, see you later, folks. Yeah, see you later, folks. Oh, so long, boys. Well, Miss Brooks, I think it's a splendid idea you're giving this little surprise party for our principal tonight. It should do him a world of good. It should do us a world of good, too, if he brightens up a bit. What kind of an outfit do you think you'll wear, Mr. Boynton? Well, I've got a skeleton costume home that I used to have quite a bit of fun with in my college days. It's just a black, tight-fitting garment with a bunch of bones hanging on it. Bones? <laughs> yes, they're treated with a phosphorescent paint that makes them glow in the dark. It's quite a startling effect, the more so since I gathered the bones when I was an anatomy student. From anyone I know? <laughs> I don't mean to dwell on it, Miss Brooks, but I find bones a rather fascinating subject, don't you? That depends on what they're wrapped up in. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, how, how are you masquerading tonight? Oh, I don't know. If you're coming as a skeleton, maybe I'll come as a bottle of vitamins. <laughs> I'm really a little stumped, Mr. Boynton. What do you think I should be? Well, the two most popular figures associated with Halloween are a black cat and a witch. And I'm much too tall for a cat. <laughs> Oh, Walter. Yes, Get a lube job on that broom, boy. Constance Brooks rides tonight. I'm glad we're going away in the morning, Martha. Dr. Benson told me I'm very close to the breaking point. Yes. Of course, Oz. Don't shout so. He said that some of my trouble was caused by my blood pressure, but that part of it was due to an overactive imagination. He wants me to be calm, relax more. <laughs> I'd like to see him relax with that recurring dream I've had. You mean the one where the ghost visits you at night? Yes. <laughs> Only the last couple of times it's gotten worse. Instead of a plain ghost, I've been getting one with Walter Denton's head on it. <laughs> That's the first portion of Our Miss Brooks from October 30th, 1949, with a Halloween party starring Eve Arden and all the gang, including Gail Gordon, Richard Crenna, Jane Morgan, Leonard Smith, and Gloria McMillan, with Bob Lamont announcing for Colgate and Luster Cream is heard on CBS. Let's take a break, then it's more of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. 
Next time, it's the conclusion to Our Miss Brooks, then and Southern, stars in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Don't miss it. We'll be here next time. Hope you will be, too.